0: Okay, if we can open up to Second Corinthians chapter thirteen. That's that's funny. It was funny when Homie said Austria made it into the thirteen most rich countries in the world. That's like, you know, whatever country's number fourteen, you could say, you know, that country made it into the fourteen richest countries in the world. I'm sure, I'm sure some Austrian made that chart just so that Austria could get in there. Because usually, you know, it's like top 10, top 5, and then some Austrian's like, I'm going to make a top 13. <laughs> and it's probably true because it's usually people don't do top 13s. But uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and then um, verse 5. It says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. So the first part of that verse, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith, and test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? So that phrase, examine yourself and and uh, test yourself, it's, it's not a the way paul is writing this to to the church you know in corinth he's not he's like not saying it as a suggestion like you know you guys should think about examining yourself or you know you guys should maybe you know consider you know he's saying you know examine yourselves and test yourselves it's like a it's like a command that he's giving them he's saying he's saying do you not know that that christ is in you and if christ is in you then you need to examine yourselves and you need to test yourselves tim can you make the microphone a little bit quieter please cuz i feel like if i start Talking with my regular volume, it's gonna do that annoying thing. It does work. You guys know what I meant. Yeah. Examine yourselves and test yourself. So this is this is. It's almost like he's saying this is the identity of a of a person who has Christ living in them. Is is there somebody that examines themselves to make sure that they're in the faith, and and somebody that tests themselves? And I was I was thinking about this topic and and. You know, for a few days, as I'm thinking about this, I, it's like I couldn't get my thoughts, you know, down and on, onto notes. It's like I, I couldn't formulate how to how to say what's like in my mind. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I, if I'm describing something that you're familiar with, but a lot of times, even you have something that you know that's opening up to you, and you're really confused. And you listen to like a sermon, and the way the the guy who's preaching he he lays it out, you're like, that's exactly what I was thinking. I just couldn't put it into words. I don't know, I've, I've had moments like that, especially when, you know, when we used to go to like, or when I went to like Vancouver for the conference or in, to Louisiana, it's, I'd have moments like that where I'm like, that's the way I've been trying to explain it, but I've never been able to figure it out. And, you know, God opened it up to him and, and he's speaking. And, and, you know, now I, 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 I know how to formulate my words if, if, if I need to in a given situation. And, and I remembered this 15-question um, test that... Uh, a preacher made. I'm not, I'm not going to say his name because I don't agree with everything he says, so I don't want to say his name, but this is a very good quiz, and this is a very good test that he put together, and this test is called, Are You a Real Christian? That's the name, and it has, and it has 15 points, and I just jotted down the question, and then, you know, I, I added a scripture, so if you're taking notes, you can kind of write down the, the place in scripture, and we'll turn there to and read it, but The first question, and I simplified the question because he he used like a good, you know, King James version like English. Like, you know, beseech thee and, you know, so. (laughs) Question number one, do we do good? That's the simplified English version. Do we do good? And James chapter 2. I purposefully didn't bookmark all these scriptures so that you guys would have time to find them, but. I have an iPad, so you're still at a disadvantage. Sorry, but at the end of James chapter 2, from verses 14 down to 26, it talks about how faith without deeds is dead. Or faith without works is dead. And and you know the first question that we need to ask ourselves as, as we're examining ourselves or as we're testing ourselves is you know do we do good are we are we people that do good deeds are we are we people that you know have it in our DNA to do good to others and you know as as we read the scripture and as we read in other places in the bible we don't do good deeds to be saved you know we we should all know that by now the reason that you know we don't you know serve we, we're not in in ministries you know we don't go on mission trips just because we need to do it to be saved we're doing it because we are saved. And that's what Christians do kind of. It's like it's it's not the reason for our salvation. It's it's what comes out of salvation. Is once you're saved, you you naturally you want to serve. You want to do good to people and that that's 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 who we are. You know, when Christ was here, that's what he was doing. He was always serving. He was always helping somebody and he didn't need to do it to gain salvation. You know, that's not the reason why. And it's, it's, it's almost, it becomes natural to who you are. And, it's, and, and, and it shouldn't be something that you're constantly forcing yourself to do or pushing you. It, it should just start naturally coming out of you. Like, you, you know, a situation arises and you want to serve. And you know, and you want to do good. You know, when, when you're, you're a part of something, it, it's not a burden for you. You know, it's not a burden for you, for example, to, to come to, to a practice. You know, before kids camp, we had a lot of skit practices and I was getting frustrated a lot of times. I'm like, you know, I'm already, I don't have a lot of time and then I have to fit this in my schedule somewhere. And and it's, and, and you know, you can have that kind of mentality where it's like, oh, I have to do it again. Or 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 you can, and that's kind of the transformation I had, you know, in those couple of months where it gets to the point where, you're like, you know what, I want to be there because I know that, that these skits are memorable for the kids, and I know that, that they still call me Sheldon because they remember those skits. You know, there's a reason they still call me Sheldon. As annoying as it is, there's a reason for it. And it's because they remember. And, and the only way that happens is with the hard work that comes before kids camp. You know, it's with the hard work that, you know, and all the, all the sacrifice, time, and resources that, that we put into these things before. You know, that's the reason why, why you know, kids remember these things and, and we don't even know what kind of effect it might make on, on somebody's life. You know, we, we might think, that, oh, you know, they're just laughing or somebody. I'm, I'm sure somebody out there still remembers some skit that we did in the past, and they're like, I still remember that message. Or, or you know, I still remember that camp. Or not. That's how kids work. You know, we all have those moments from our childhood that we remember. And they, You know, what I remember from my childhood m- might be really weird for you guys. Because I, I remember Dima taking me to the old spaghetti factory once in... And, and, and talking to me and, 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 and being like a father to me in a moment when I needed a father. That, that's all I remember. Now we know a couple of years ago, me and Ksusha went to the old spaghetti factory. Because I haven't been there all these years. Man, that food is disgusting. And I'm like, how can I remember? Th-? But that's what I remember from my childhood. And for the kids, it might be these kids. Or it might be just you being their leader in their group at camp. You know, just, you know, just you making a, a, a little comment or you sharing something that you're learning in the Bible. And, and that comes, you know, with through that, you know, decisions. You know what? I'm going to serve. I'm, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. I'm, I'm going to do good. That's who I am. And that's what I want to do. Question number two. Are you obedient? In John fourteen fifteen, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. There used to be a, a song by, Dennis, what was the rapper that that was, no, 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 Robert, we're not, no, it was a Christian rapper. We... It wasn't Lecrae, not everything's Lecrae. It was back when we, you guys didn't even know, anyways, there was, Flame, Flame had a song like that. I don't even know if he's still alive. Anyways, and you know, if Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll be my uh, you'll, you'll obey my commandments anyway. I don't know why I mentioned this song, but if you want to listen to the song afterwards, you can search it. It's old, so it's okay. We have to be obedient to God because He saved us. Not, not and, and this kind of goes back to the same thing. We're not obedient because we need to be saved. It's, it's it almost the same thing. We're obedient because it's what we want to do. It, you know, it becomes a, a part of who we are, even, even when it doesn't benefit us in any way. You know, doing good to somebody, can, you know, you still have that, you know, once you do something good to somebody, you have that feeling inside of you, you know, that good feeling that's like, hey, you know, I did good to somebody. You know, like, hey, I served somebody. When you're obedient, a lot of times you don't have that feeling afterwards. A lot of times afterwards you have the feeling that I really did not want to do that. You know, and, and obedience is, is, most of the times is going to be difficult. Most of the times it's not going to be fun. Most of the times it's not going to benefit you in any way. But it will benefit you in the future a lot of times. That's how obedience works in a lot of ways. is, is When you look at the current situation at the present tense, it doesn't benefit you. It's not fun. It's, it's, it goes against everything that you want to do. But in the future, it's something that protects you. It's something that forms you. It's something that builds you up. That's what obedience does. And, and you know, as Jesus said, you know, obey Him. If you love Him, obey His commandments. If, if, if you truly love Him, then you have to do what He says. Then you have to do what the Word of God says. That's obedience. Question number three. Are we holy? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. And I want to actually open up to this scripture. Twelve fourteen It says, Pursue peace with all people in holiness, without which no one will see the Lord without holiness you won't see the lord and and as it's been mentioned a lot of times from 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 you know our church before holiness doesn't mean perfection it doesn't mean that you never sin that you never do anything wrong and you know that's when you're holy it's it's you know to be holy it's almost like a it's like a state of being that you're in it's 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 you're 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 constantly moving if, if you're constantly moving in that direction if you're constantly moving in the direction of becoming holy then you know based on the word of God that's what makes us holy you know that that's what it is when we when we fall and we repent and we get back up and we continue to fight that that's when we're considered holy when when we fall and and you know we give up we get angry at God that's not what we should be doing as Christians and you know, are we holy? Are, are, we, are we striving towards that? Are we, are we moving forward? Do we actually see, see progress in our lives? You know, when, we, when you look back at, you know, maybe a, you know looking back a month, you don't see a big difference. But when you look back a year or two years or three years, do you actually see a difference in your life? Do you see a difference in, in, in the way that you act? Do you see a difference in the way that, that you respond to, to certain situations that come up? Like, when somebody takes your stuff, for example. I hate it when people take my stuff. You know, if somebody asks me, and you know, you can take it, whatever. But it's like, where's my stuff? You know, where's my stuff? And, and it's like, and even little things like that, is you can, you can get so angry about a little thing in your life. And, or you can kind of like, be upset about it, but not let that anger take hold of you. You know, in like situations like that, do you see, do you see change in yourself? Do you see like improvement in yourself? That, that's a good way to, to, to judge if, if, if we're living a holy life or not. Because, you know, Jesus even said, be holy as I am holy. So He kind of said, He said, this is the bar. He said, I am holy. This is pretty much the bar you have to reach. And are we like, are we climbing towards that every day? Are we, are we moving in that direction every day? Or are we choosing not to because it's too difficult or, or not something we're interested in doing? Do we forgive this is question number 4 i believe do we forgive others in matthew chapter 6 you know we, we, we have that parable when you know somebody somebody tries to you know bring bring an offering before god and then and god's like hold on if you have something against your brother go fix that first and and and, and then bring an offering cuz cuz the offering's not pleasing he and and you know if we think about it we have been forgiven of so much that that there's no excuse for us to not be able to forgive somebody else. You know, we we've been forgiven every sin that we've ever committed and every sin that we will commit. We've been forgiven of that. So there's no reason for us to have any issue and there's and there are situations where where forgiving somebody might be difficult. There are situations where it won't always be easy or or where where it will it'll take more out of you to forgive them and and you know, that has its place. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But, but you have to get to that resolution point where you fully, 100% forgive. And you, will you just let it go. Where you say, this person hurt me. This person angered me. You know, I trusted this person and they betrayed my trust. But you have to learn how to forgive. Because we did things much worse than that and, and Jesus forgave us. And you know, we, so many times in, in, in our lives... We've made that promise to God, I'm never going to do this again. And then, you know, an hour later, you do the same thing again. You just betrayed God's trust. You just did the same thing. You made a promise to Him. And then you weren't able to keep it. And He still forgives you. You know, obviously, as long as, you know, we repent, as long as we do it in humility, as long as we don't take advantage of God's grace, you know, He forgives us. You know, is, is, is forgiveness, you know, has that become a part of our identity? Is that, is that a part of our... Of our DNA. Question number five. It's in Galatians 5. And do you live a fleshly life? Or do you constantly give your flesh control in your life? It's in Galatians 5 verse 24. And those who are Christ's. Have crucified the flesh. And its passions and desires. And notice that a lot of these scriptures. They they actually specifically talk about Christ or they talk about God or they're saying if you're Christ if you have Christ in you so it it just it just goes to show that this is who a Christian needs to be this is what a Christian needs to do these are these are the kinds of characteristics that a Christian has you know do we live a fleshly life you know and we all have these desires to live fleshly lives i saw i saw this short video i didn't want to get it up because it's only like seven seconds long but uh you know police were called out and and they were they were called out to chase a car down and they chased the car down and and you know and then you know once they pulled the car over the door opens in the car and like a eight year old kid runs out of the car he's driving the car and he was driving the car because he didn't want to go to church he was driving away from church cuz he didn't want to go to church now why i'm bringing that up is we naturally every single one of us even kids who might be innocent in a lot of things have the we have our flesh and it and it rises up and it's naturally in us whether we want it or not it's there every single person without exception has has a flesh that that, that is constantly going against what God wants them to do. And and it's 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 who we are without God, pretty much. That's a, that's a good way to put our flesh. It's that's that's who we are if if we don't have God in our life. Is is we become our flesh, and you know over time it becomes worse and worse and more and more perverted and more sinful. But we all have our flesh, and we all have things that we don't want to do. You know, when we wake up on Sunday mornings, you know, we all want to sleep more. It's not just some people that want to sleep more. It's, it's, it's all of us that want to sleep more. But, but... <laughs> well, wow, Dennis, really? Wow, I thought you were, you know, perfect, Dennis. Come on, you've got to live up to your image. <laughs> you might be surprised. <laughs> no. We all have a flesh. We all, we all do, even Dennis. That's the... <laughs> That's the quote. We all have a flesh, even Dennis. But, anyways, we really do, every single one of us. And we have that, that struggle. And, 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 you know, when we, when we have thoughts or when we have these fleshly desires, it doesn't mean that we're sinning, but how are we reacting to these thoughts? It's, you know, how are we, how are we acting when, when, when we get these ideas? You know, are we, are we fighting it? Are we trying to keep it at a distance as much as we can? Or, or do we start to embrace these ideas? Or do we start to, to accept these ideas? And, you know, it's like. Oh, I'm not actually feeling that great today. I think I think I can stay home today. I don't I don't have to go to youth. Well, I have a lot of homework to do, and I know tomorrow's Saturday, but I want to go hang out with my friends. So I have to do homework tonight. And you know, we all have these ideas that that go against what God wants us to do, and you and you're going to keep having them even during this this service. I'm sure you'll have. Ideas that try to distract you or, or, or something that, that you know, you'll, you'll look up at the sky and you'll be like, hey, one of the light bulbs isn't as bright as all the others. I had that moment in church. And please don't do it right now, but after service, you can try to find it. It's actually kind of difficult to find, but I did it. Yeah. Anyways, you're not going to see it from up here, so I, I can, don't waste your time. You're going to have thoughts that are like, huh, I totally forgot to call Grandma this week, man. And you're going to start thinking about Grandma, and then you're going to think about Grandpa, and then you're going to think about something else, and then, oh, we're praying now? Did I miss the whole mess? You know, we have things like this even during service, even when we're in God's house, and, you know, not even taking into consideration at home when nobody's around us. You know, that's when it's more difficult. That's where, you know, we almost have no accountability. You know, we can, we can... You know, not do what we're supposed to, and nobody's going to notice. And, you know, it's, do we give our flesh, you know, that wiggle room in our life? Or, or are we keeping it tight? You know, are we keeping a muzzle on it? Or, you know, when, when, when a dog has, has rabies or something, you know, you have to keep a muzzle on it, right? And you, you don't just let it roam free in, in a park. <laughs> there you go, Andre. I wish I could do that to all dogs, but I'm not a dog person. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. They're animals, people. I like how they treat dogs in Mexico, personally. Our Mexicans aren't here, but I, they're just like guard dogs, and that's it. You don't... It's, it should be illegal. That's just gross, but I'm, I didn't say eat them, Andre. <laughs> Anyways, but... But, you know, when, when you haven't... You know, you don't... People don't have pet tigers. Well, we you know, Xuxa's weird relatives in, in Russia do, but that's... That's Russia. You know, normal people don't have like crazy dangerous animals as pets because it doesn't make sense because, you know, you don't, and, and even in zoos, what do they do with those animals at zoos? They're all caged up. Sometimes they're, you know, when an animal gets too crazy, it gets chained up and, it, you know, that's what we need to do to our flesh. You, you keep it chained up. You, you say, you know, this is your area. This is what you have. You don't get to influence my life. You don't get to influence any decision that I make. And, you know, when a thought comes up, Nope. When another thought comes up, no, I'm not doing that. That's not who I am. And, you know, are we doing that to our flesh or, or is it kind of like, kind of like, you know, when, when somebody closes the door but you leave your hand and, and, you know, you can, you know, over time you can, you can fully get in the door if you, do, you just have a finger in. And that's what our flesh always tries to do. You know, as we're slamming the door, it tries to shove something in there, it tries to put a foot in there. It's like we're all constantly like kicking the foot and then they put a hand in there and then you try to shove the hand back in there and the foot's back out. And that's the struggle of our life. But is that you know? Do we have that battle every day, or is it sometimes like, sure, come in. I want to do something. You know, I'm not supposed to do right now. And do we live a fleshly life, or, or you know, are we are we are we fighting it constantly? Number six: Are we free from the love of money? That's a really tough one in America, I think, and it's a really tough one in Australia, and that's uh, in, you know, in, in, in first world countries. And I think that's why we pray for these countries the way that we do. I think that's a big part of it is because it's so easy to relax here because, you know, when you, when you have your place and when it's nice and, and you know, and you just went to a, a nice restaurant and, and you feel good about yourself and everything's fine. And, you know, in moments like that, usually, you know, you're not, you, you know, you're not vigilant. You're not, you know, ready to pray. You're not ready to go serve something. You know, it's so easy to relax and and it's it's you know even that's why i don't like going on vacations because i i can't ever fully relax i i I can't and we're hopefully going to go in a month because you're just finally forcing me to go but it's it's you know do we even even it's like when you have your time to relax, even when you have your time are you you never relax from God you know you have that where you know you still read your bible you 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 still find time to talk to him, you still you still, you know, do these things that then that, that make up who you are. You're never like, okay, I'm going to take a break for a week. I'm going to take a break from God. I'm going to take a break from ministry. I'm going to take a break from work. I'm going to take a break from school. God in ministry, you know, maybe ministry does when you're physically away. But, you know, God doesn't go in the same category as everything else in our life that we relax from. God is in his own category. God, is, God has everything. And if God says, you know, actually, I don't want you to go on vacation. Go home right now. But I already paid for it. No, you know, God has the right to, to do that even if he wants. So, you know, we don't have that relaxation. And, 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 and money is something that a lot of times it, it drives us to relax from God. Even as we're working hard at our jobs or, you know, we're studying hard to, hard to get a good job. And, you know, we're working, we're working, we're working, but we're relaxing from God. You know we're we're forgetting about him. He's not he's not in our thoughts anymore. You know we don't wake up in the morning and say you know God thank you for for life. God thank you for this day. God thank you for 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 saving me. And and you know and, and money is it can be a tricky thing because it's something that you have to have. It's not something that you can just completely cut off and say I'm going to be a hobo down by the river. You know it's it doesn't work. Well you can try but I don't recommend it. But you know you need to have money. You know you need to pay. For rent, you need to pay for your, for your gas, you need, to pay, you need to buy your cars. You know, at, at one point, surprise, your parents aren't going to buy your phones for you anymore. And you're going to have the same phone for like four or five years. Oh, <gasps> I don't get to upgrade every two years? No, sometimes you don't get to upgrade every two years anymore. You have to start paying for these things because your mom and dad won't buy it for you anymore. And, and you know, and, and, and we have some things that are necessities in our life, and then we have things that are not necessities in our lives. This is not a necessity. People here here's a crazy thought for you guys, ready? Your parents didn't have smartphones. Can you guys imagine? They didn't have Snapchat, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have Instagram. And they somehow survived and, and it seemed like they had a more enjoyable life than a lot of teenagers have now. <laughs> unfortunately. It's, it's 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 crazy. You go somewhere and it's like people can't even relax. Everywhere they go, you know, you see this and you see this. It's like just put your phone down, and enjoy the, and you know, enjoy your surroundings. Don't take you know, pictures of everything and everyone in selfies. It's like, and, 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 <laughs> thank you, Larry. Thank you for the sound. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it is you know, we have our, our, our material things and, and, and we have our finances and, and you can have them and you can be attached to them or you can have them. And it's like, they're there, but they're not there. You know, they're you know, you can have it. You cannot have it in your finance. You know, are you are you attached to your finances? Are you attached to your money? Because the the attachment it doesn't go away whether you have a lot of it or not. Yeah. A lot of times, unfortunately, it even grows stronger the more money you have. That's why it says it says money is the root of all evil. Even though there are some the things, huh? The love, the love of, of money. money. Exactly. Thank you. Is the, it's because it's it's like the the more you have it, the more rooted in it you get. The more the more money people have, the more they buy, and the more they're attached to this world, and the more they're attached to the things of this world. But you know, you can have a moderate amount of money and, and stuff and not be attached to it. And you know, what God, I need to move somewhere. Okay, and and you know, and, and you're and you're free to do that. You're not you're not bound down. It's not like oh, but I have all this stuff and I have. This and this and this. How am I going to move? How is that going to work? It's, you know, are we attached to it? And, you know, do we have love for it? And, and are we free from the love of money? Number seven, do we love God? And this kind of ties everything in, but do we love God more than anything else? And that's probably the message we hear every week here. And I know it can be repetitive, but it's something we need to hear our whole life is... Do we really love God more than anything? Yeah. You know, do, do we really put Him above everything? Are we really ready to lay anything down? When, when, you know, when, even when we sang today, I lay me down, I'm not my own. You know, it's all, you know, words up on the screen. I'm singing them, I'm reading it, But do you actually mean it? You know, will you actually lay everything down? Will you, will you actually lay yourself down if, 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 you know, God tells you to, to move to the one country that you don't want to go? Would you would you actually do it? Like put yourself in that scenario, because God might ask you that if you if you answer that question wrong. He, that might be the way that that you need to learn how to answer that question correctly. Just like Jonah had to learn the hard way. You know, if, if if you know we're praying, God, I want your perfect will, and when He presents His perfect will, we're like, no, but we keep praying, God, I want Your perfect will. Then at one point, you're going to end up in the belly of a whale, and it's 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 going to be a very dark moment for you, but. If you want God's will, you know, you'll get it. But, you know, you can almost choose which way you can get God's will. You can kind of accept it, humble yourself and say, okay, God, I'll do whatever. Or you can be like Israel and wander around the desert for 40 years and still not get it. And only, you know, their, their kids finally got to the promised land. You know, do we love God more than anything? Will we lay down our life? Question number eight. This one is for Vaisa. Do we love others? Do we love people? Vice always asks me, Noah, do you love people? And I say, no, but I love Jesus. But do we love others? And it's, 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 it can be such a difficult thing to do sometimes, especially when it's not somebody that you like very much. But do you love them? You know, when you're, when you're driving and somebody cuts you off, do you love people at that point? Not that guy. Exactly. That's exactly what I think. But... But according to the Bible, you know, people in, general, yeah. <laughs> people in general, yeah, but just not that guy. But do we love others, you know, when when, when we're serving others, you know, are we even, you know, I, I even found myself at some points on, you know, when I was in Mexico, I find myself that, you know, we're like in a, in a village somewhere, and I'm kind of like, okay, I'm here serving God, cool. All the kids are running around, I don't want to do anything, I'm, I'm like, I'm serving God. And then at one point it hits you, it's like, well, th- why are you here, man? Go play with the kids. Go talk to them. Go do something. Communicate with them somehow. They don't know. They don't know Spanish themselves. They, you know, kids don't know how to talk. They're like, bah, 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 bah. You, you know, just communicate with them. Dance for them. Play with them. Use hand motions. Do something. Just blow, blow bubbles. Put on a crazy red wig. Do science experiments. You know, fine. You know, but it's like in moments like that, it's like you can even be. Put in a situation where, where it's, it almost seems like you have no choice but to serve people, but even then you can avoid doing it. And it's, you know, do we really love people? Do we really love the people around us? Do we really love our relatives to the point where where, as painful as it is, we're, we're, we're willing to, to harm, you know, having a deeper relationship in order to tell them the truth? You know, do, do we truly love them? To, to, to tell them like, hey, I grew up with you, I love you, but God opened my eyes and, and I see that the way you're living, you're, you're going to end up in hell. You know, do we really love... What, what about, you know, the people we go to school with? What about the people we see every day at, at work? You know, do we really love people? Loving people doesn't just mean, you know, bringing them sandwiches when they're hungry. Or, you know, buying a pizza for the office. It's, do you really love them? Are, are, you, are you really going to tell them the truth? Because that, that, I think that's the... Probably the most sincere form of love that, that, we, that we can give to somebody is is, is telling them the truth. Or, or, you know, it's like, hey, man, you, you've, you've been slacking lately. You know, you used to be more on fire for God. You used to be doing more, and you're slacking lately. Like, you know, even, you know, and, and saying something like that out of love, it's like, do we have that inside of us? Do we really care about people, or are we just kind of like, I come to church, I do this, and I go home, and, you know, I have, I have my family to worry about, and that's it. And, or, or do we really actually care about the people around us? When when we see something going on that's not good, you know, do we confront it? Do we do we do we bring it up, or do we just kind of like brush it under the rug and like you know, brush it under the cafedra? and you know, nobody sees it. Whatever. Do we really love others? You know, Jesus said the two biggest commandments is love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your might. And then and love others as you love yourself. And, and, and love others. You know, serve God and serve others. Those, that's the purpose of our, of our life pretty much is to serve. Number nine, do we love the truth? Do we love the truth? And in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 10 2 Thessalonians 2:10 and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved so so before this it's 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 talking about about people who are who let's see the the the, the, the blah, blah, blah no no, no. People who are perishing, pretty much. People who are dying. People who, who, who are going to be going to hell. People who are, who are... And it says, it says, they did not receive the love of the truth. They, they, and, you know, as we know, Jesus was the truth, you know, and, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is the word of God. Do we, do we love the truth? Do we, do, we, do we love God's word? Do we love the things that he said to us? And, you know, a lot of times it doesn't mean, do you love theology? You know, do you love, you know, all these fancy terms? Do you love all these things? Because as, as we talked about before, we have a flesh and, you know, our flesh likes to twist theology and, you know, make it all wishy-washy. And, and you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, according to the Bible, man, you know, <laughs> I, I have a feeling that voice is going to come out more and more often when I don't want it to. But that's, I don't know, it's like that's a lot of Christians talk even. It's like, it's like, you know, well, you know, God is all love, man. And, and, you know, if we would just learn how to sit in a circle and like, you know, you guys believe in this and we believe, but we serve the same God, you know, man. It's all like, you know, as long as we're in the ballpark, we're all fine, man. And, and, you know, we're still, it's like, no, we're not serving the same God. You're serving a made up God. Because the real God, this this is His Word. This is what He said. This is the truth. He is the truth. That's who He is. It's like, well, you know, there is no truth. You know, there is no truth. It's all relative. It's like, no, there is a truth. God is the truth. Jesus is truth. And it's, it's you know, did we fall in love with that? Or, you know, do we begin to to become philosophers, you know? Because it's, it's, it's almost like... You know, what we have now here is like what they had in, in, in days of ancient Rome where everyone's a philosopher. Everybody's thinking about life. Everyone's like, well, I, I think that. And you, and, you know, you have a teenager trying to explain, you know, to, to his grandma what the meaning of life is. It's 42. <laughs> We're actually on point nine. But, you know, and, and everyone's like it's all about the mind. It's all about, you know, logic. It's all about mentally, you know, figuring everything out. out. You know, this is how the earth was created. Oh, huh. we found evidence that dis- disproved that. Well, let's extend it to millions of years old. Now, it, okay, let's do billions of years old. And, you know, and, and that's what we talked a lot at kids camp about is, is, you know, how science is, is, you know, unfortunately not what you're taught in schools. And, and, you know, the evidence is there, yeah, but if you're looking at it from the wrong perspective, it doesn't matter if the evidence is, is, is there or not. Because you, you don't have, you know, you don't have that, that, that point of reference, that, that, you know, that starting off point. You know, and if you don't have the starting off point, then it, it doesn't matter what your evidence says. Because if, if you know, say, say, you know, just basic, we're counting 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Okay, we're going up by one number each time, right? And we all know that the first number is one. Say, say somebody's like, well, actually, I think the meaning of life is you actually start from the number eight. And they're still going up by one. They're saying, so the right way to count is actually eight, nine, and ten. And it's like, yeah, you're doing the same thing. The evidence is still the same. You're going up by one. But your point of reference is shifted. So at that point, it doesn't matter what the evidence is, it doesn't matter what you say, because the root of the problem is that you don't have the right foundation. And, 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 and the truth is pretty much the foundation, it's, it's, it's God, it's who He is, and when you realize that He's God, and He's the creator of the universe, then everything actually makes sense, and nothing contradicts the Bible, not, not history, not, not science, not, not even astronomy, nothing contradicts the Bible. When, when, when you realize that point. And, you know, we could get into that. but And I watched, I told Ksusha, I was going to turn it on, but I, I'm i sorry, but I don't like the Dutch language. It's one of the worst languages I've ever heard. And I just didn't want to force you guys to listen to it. I found this video of, of, of these two guys from the Netherlands where, where they speak Dutch. And it's like German, but like even worse, you know. it's I don't know how to describe it. It just sounds so weird. If somebody likes the language, I'm sorry, but... And they had Dutch music playing anyways. But it's these two guys and they're at a big, big expo or this big like, I- event, this big conference that they rented out. And they have these high-class chefs coming and they have these high-class food critics. And they're like, these two goofy guys, are like, hey guys, we're going to go to McDonald's and bring them McDonald's and see what they say. So they go to McDonald's, they buy chicken nuggets, they buy Big Macs, they buy, you know, the, the apple pies. They cut them up into cool little cubes. They put a toothpick in them. And then they put it on a cool tray, and they start serving it to big, high-class, you know, like food reviewers, you know, all these, you know, people from, from rich restaurants, these critics, and they start serving them, and the people are, you know, they take a chicken nugget that costs like, you know, four of them for a dollar, Real, when, when, you know, McDonald's has their deal. They're taking, they're like, Oh, yes, yes, they taste absolutely like fresh homegrown chicken. It's, 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 it's chewy, but not too chewy. The texture is good. It's nice and firm. And these guys are just like, really? Okay. They're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell that it's, it's you know, it's a fresh, organic chicken. Mm. They're like, you know, is this organic? They're like, you know, the two guys are yeah, this is organic. Oh, yeah, I could totally taste it. And one lady, she was like so into it. And they just start asking her. They're like, so let's compare this to, say, McDonald's. She was like, "Oh, this is much better than McDonald's, <laughs> really, really." And you could taste the difference right away. Oh yeah, right away, I could taste the difference. And it's 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 just like, and and it's the same thing that you know when 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 you talk about you know science and the things that are taught in school. It's the same thing. People will believe anything you tell them. A lot of times, you can. It's it's so easy to manipulate people. I saw, I saw. Uh, Another video this week, because I I was looking for some stuff to show today, and then I ended up not showing anything. Just, you know, probably watching too many videos. There was another video of this guy, literally, with a lot of, a big base of, of YouTube subscribers, and he's saying, how to manipulate your YouTube audience. And I'm like, this is interesting. So I press on it, and he is telling all the people that are watching him, these are the things I do to manipulate you guys to watch my videos so that I can make money. And it's like he's telling them that, and they're still watching the videos. It's like, wow. It's, just, it's, it's amazing, and it really shows, like it says in the Bible, in the end times, there's going to be a lot of deception. There's going to be a lot of deception. And, and, and you know, to, to, to combat that, you know, we have the truth. Have we fallen in love with the truth? You know, is that the most important thing? Is that, is that our point of reference when we think about everything else that surrounds us? Or are there some things that we believe and they kind of contradict the Bible, but we don't like to think about the fact that they contradict the Bible. We try to somehow, you know, make it mesh and, and, and blend together and work. You know, it's do we love the truth? Another question, number 10, and I'll, I'll be going a little bit faster through these. Very simple question, and at first I thought, um, this question shouldn't be here. And the more I thought about it, this is a good question. Is Number 10 is, are we childlike? Are we childlike? Jesus says, you know, we have to be like kids, right? What does that mean? What does that mean? You know, when when we read our Bible plans, when we read, for example, when we read about the story of Jonah, for example, I brought that up, but when we read about the story of Jonah, you know, we read about a prophet that God told him, you know, go preach to the people of Nineveh. He says no, goes the other way, gets on a boat, all of a sudden, you know, craziness starts happening. The people on the boat start, you know, what's going on? What's going on? Which, which, which one of us made one of the gods mad? And then Jonah's like, yeah, it was probably me. And so they're like, okay, let's throw him in the water. They throw him in the water. He gets eaten by a whale. He's sitting in a whale's stomach for three days. Then the whale spits him out. And he's still alive after that. And, you know, when we read stories like that in the Bible... Do we actually believe them? Like you know, be 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 child. Like you know, you know, with kids, you you know, you 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 can tell them, you know, like stories and stories and stories, and they're like, "Wow!" And then you're like, "But it's not true." (laughs) You know, don't do that, obviously. But you know, it's like kids. You know, they a lot of kids believe in Santa Claus. They really do. I believed in Santa Claus. I don't. Now it's funny to say, but you know, they believe it and they believe it, but it's not true. And but, but the things in the Bible, you know, as we know, everything the Bible said is, is true. Everything that, Bi- that the Bible says happened, happened. And when we read these stories, when, when we read about, you know, the people of Israel crossing the Red Sea and, you know, the Red Sea being divided and, you know, two, two big walls standing, you know, when we read stories like that, are, are we kind of like reading it as, as if we're like reading a story about Santa Claus? We're like, yeah, it's a cool little story, but it didn't happen. Or, or when we read it, do we actually believe it? Do we actually believe that Jesus had like five loaves of bread and two fish and, and, and he fed the, the multitudes of people and then he had leftover baskets you know when we read these stories do we actually believe them or are we just kind of like ah it's a you know a cute little Bible story we tell our kids it's like this is the truth it's like you know these all these miracles that we read about you know all the times that they tried to kill Paul and, and you know and, or, or, or John and all the time and all the time they, they, they did all these things to the disciples and, and you know miracles started happening do we actually believe these things do we actually believe that god is 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 mighty enough to 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 do the things that that he says in his word you know and and to, to be like children it's like you know believe in, in in God believe in in the fact that he can do these things you know because we read about all these miracles and we're like wow god's amazing and then and then when when we have like a tiny little situation come up in our life i'm like, i don't know how I'm going to survive you're not standing in front of a big sea with, you know, the armies of Egypt about to kill you. You know, and, you know you're, not, you're not standing on a mountain with, you know, 300 prophets of Baal that are about to kill you if fire doesn't come from heaven. You know, we have these little situations and, and we're like, you know, this is impossible. I don't know what God's going to do. God, please do something. God, please. And, but, but we read these stories in the Bible where God did much greater things and much more awesome things than, than the things that we're facing. And it's almost like we don't fully believe these things sometimes. We don't fully believe that they really happened and, and that God is still the same God and God can still do the same things. And, and, and all our situations and problems, they're, they're nothing before God. You know, it's, be, be like children. Like, like believe that God can actually do anything He wants. God can actually heal you. God can actually... can can perform miracles more than you can even expect in your life or more than you can imagine happening in you you know it's it, you know have we almost become too too logical about things like you know i remember logically i remember when i was looking for a job you know logically this is the kind of job i would find and okay cool logically i had a whole plan out logically then i had a plan b that could work out logically then i had a plan c that could work out logically and i'm like realistically this is all that can happen because you know i didn't go to college i didn't i don't have any real experience except working with andre for like four months and and then god's like i have my own logic and 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 in a lot of situations it's like you know are are we kind of like children coming up to god and being god i want this but but you know i know you can do something even better I, I don't know what I can't even think of it I can't even imagine it but I know you can because you're the most creative being ever you created everything be like children number 11 do we control our tongue? Hmm. do we control this little annoying thing in our mouth that can cause fires? you know do we, do we control the, this thing that can bring so much harm to somebody else? you know and and you know, are we, are we working? You know, there's a proverb that says, you know, a man who can tame his tongue is, is mightier than somebody who can take down walls, that can take down cities, that, that can conquer, you know, other people. Somebody who can tame their tongue. You know, are we, are we working on that? You know, when something slips out, you know, do we just kind of like, ooh, well, I went too far, whatever. Or are we apologizing for it? Are we repenting for it? Are we saying, God, change me. God, I, change me. I, I, I need to be changed. Number 12, do we... Persevere. Do we stay faithful? Are, are we are we going to stay stay firm through 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 all the trials, through all the tribulations that happen in our life when we're disliked in, by the people around us, when we're disliked by our friends because because we don't agree with 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 same sex marriage when when we don't agree with abortion, when we don't agree with with you know, all this science mumbo-jumbo. You know, when we're disliked by our friends, when we're standing alone, are we going to stand firm? Or, are, are we going to be strong? Or, are we going to keep holding on to God's Word? Are we going to persevere in those moments? Or are we going to break? And, and when you're being disliked, that's actually a good position to be in. Because God said that the world is going to hate you. God said, the world is going to hate you. It doesn't mean the people. It means the, the movement and, and the direction that the world is going through, the direction that, that society is going through. It's, it's going to hate us. It is. It's going to dislike us. And that's, that's normal. And in those moments, are we going to kind of crack under pressure? Are we going to kind of crack and be like, well, okay, the Bible doesn't technically mention marijuana. It's like, okay, technically it's no are we going to stand firm and be like i don't know of a, of a of a of an honest real strong man of faith who 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 smokes weed after service i'm serious it's not funny Robert. right now is not a good time to laugh i'm sorry but you know it's it's are we going to stand on our word and are we going to be like you know what i don't know of a, of a real pastor of a real preacher who, 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 will, who will say the word of God the, the way it's supposed to be said and then go drink just a little bit of wine because a little bit's okay as long as you don't get drunk. You know, are we going to stand firm on that word or are we just kind of going to be wishy-washy and, and, well, I believe. Well, in our church, it's like, no, it's not I believe in our church. It's the word of God says this. In our church, we're just trying our best to be obedient to the word of God. And it, it it's not just like, well, in our church we do this in your church, we do this, so it's kind of it's okay either way. it's like, well, what does the word of God say let's let's you know let's let's look through scripture let's let's look at the characteristics of of, of you know a, a real Christian. Do we walk in the light? you know Jesus is the light too. do we walk in his truth? do we walk in his ways? The decisions that 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 we make in our life you know the the directions that we go are they are they directions that that Please God, are they directions that, that God is leading us towards or, or are we just constantly doing our thing and, 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 and going wherever we want to? Or are we walking in the light? Number 14, do we repent? And do we repent? And this is something we should ask ourselves every day. So do we repent? Because it's not just something that we did once when, when we, you know, became Christians. It's, it's something that we do constantly. It's do we repent? Because, you know, if, if God lives in us, He's constantly going to be showing us things that, that arise in, in, in our flesh, things that pop up, you know, sins that, that, that continue to creep up, sins, sins that, that we don't want to fight as much anymore. He's going he's gonna to expose these to us. He's going to show them to us and you know and, and when he does, are we going to repent in those moments are we going to ask for forgiveness or are we just kind of going to do the same thing and, and you know try to go around and try to find a scripture that that justifies us or or are we going to repent? are we going to repent are we going to humble ourselves are we going to accept that God's right all the time are we going to accept it and then I think that's something we'll have our whole lives is, is you know are you repenting Did you did you repent today? When was the last time you truly repented? Not just I'm sorry, God, but when repented? When you, when you when you just sat there and, and and your heart was just bawling because you know that you hurt God, because you know that you did something you weren't supposed to do. Or or you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. When when was the last time you truly repented? And the last thing is, are we vigilant in warfare? You know are, are we vigilant are we are we watchmen on the wall? are we constantly looking at at our lives and 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 things that that can be damaging to to god's perfect will in our life? are we constantly vigilant? are we constantly watching? are we constantly making sure that that everything in our life and everything that we do pleases God because we have our flesh we have we have Th- this world and, and its ways we have the devil and these are things that are constantly going against us. And and, 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 and if we're gonna relax for even a split second, something's gonna get us. Just like God said to to Cain, Cain was the one who killed his brother, right? It wasn't able. I always mix those two names up. I'm sorry, I'm a bad bad Christian. He said to Cain, you know, be careful cuz sin is crouching at your door. He Said be careful cuz it's 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 right there. And later and and, and later on in, in 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 the word it says that the devil is like a lion. He's like a lion. He's just waiting to 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 pounce on his prey. And and if you relax for even a split moment, you it could it could it could end up being something that, that uh, really harms you and, and really harms your, your walk with God. Especially as you do it more and more and more. And so are you vigilant? Are you, are you constantly making sure that you're on the right path? Are you constantly examining yourself? Are you constantly testing yourself? Or, or, or praying that prayer in, in, in Psalm 139 where it says, Test me, O God. You know, See that if my ways are wicked. Test me, God. Test me. Make sure I'm on the right path. Make sure that the, the, I'm in the right job. Make sure I'm going to the right school. Make sure I'm, I'm doing the right things in my life. And if not, then just change everything, God. You know, do we pray like that? Are we, are we vigilant with, with, with our lives? Because our, lives, our life is a war. Every day. Every day is a battle. And our life is a, is a lifelong war. And, and, and with God, we'll be victorious. Amen. Let's just stand up. We're going to pray.